O Lord, open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise. Make haste, O God, to deliver me. Make haste to help me, O Lord. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Alleluia. The true God, one in three, and three in one. O come, let us worship him. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving, and make a joyful noise unto him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God, and a great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth, the strength of the hills is his also. It is his, and he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord our Maker. For He is our God, and we are the people of His pasture and the sheep of His hand. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, Never shall be world without end. Amen. The true God, one in three and three in one. O come, let us worship him. Righteous are you, O Lord. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love. Blessed are those whose way is blameless. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast. Then I shall not be put to shame. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Righteous are you, O Lord. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love. The Old Testament reading for this 17th Sunday after Trinity is from Proverbs chapter 25. Do not put yourself forward in the king's presence or stand in the place of the great, for it is better to be told, come up here, than to be put lower in the presence of a noble. What your eyes have seen do not hastily bring into court, for what will you do in the end when your neighbors put you to shame? Argue your case with your neighbor himself and do not reveal another secret. 
lest he who hears you bring shame upon you, and your ill repute have no end. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. Like a gold ring or an ornament of gold is a wise reprover to a listening ear. Like the cold of snow in the time of harvest is a faithful messenger to those who send him. He refreshes the soul of his masters. Like clouds and wind without rain is a man who boasts of a gift he does not give. This is the word of the Lord. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. By the word of the Lord, the heavens were made. The epistle is from Ephesians chapter 4. Brothers, I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. This is the word of the Lord. We continue with hymn 587 in your hymnals. Oh. 
Please rise for the reading of the Holy Gospel. Hallelujah. I love the Lord because he has heard my voice. The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 14th chapter. One Sabbath, when Jesus went to dine at the house of a ruler of the Pharisees, they were watching him carefully. And behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy. And Jesus responded to the lawyers and Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? But they remained silent. Then he took him and healed him and sent him away. And he said to them, Which of you, having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day, will not immediately pull him out? And they could not reply to these things. Now he told a parable to those who were invited, when he noticed how they chose the places of honor, saying to them, When you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, Give your place to this person. And then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place, so that when your host comes, he may say to you, Friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all who sit at the table with you. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. This is the gospel of our Lord. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where thine honor dwelleth. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet, and a light unto my path. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell, the third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. In the sixth petition of the Lord's Prayer, we pray to our Father in heaven, saying, Lead us not into temptation. And this is what our large catechism says. The world offends us in word and deed. It tempts us. It drives us to anger and impatience. In short, there is nothing but hatred and envy, hostility, violence and wrong, unfaithfulness, vengeance, cursing, railing, slander, pride and haughtiness. With useless finery, honor, fame and power, no one is willing to be the least. Everyone desires to sit at the head of the group and be seen before all. We could sum all that up by saying, the world leads us into the temptation of pride, of vainglory. In his catechism here, Luther so very well captures those at the Sabbath dinner that we hear about in our text. Here in the house of a certain Pharisee, a certain ruler, where our Lord was invited to dine, were the most important of the Pharisees gathered, and we assume many of their prestigious guests, including lawyers. To be invited to dine with such, in such a house with such a social circle would have been considered a privilege, an honor. Every person at this feast thought themselves to lead pious, upright lives. Every person at this party thought themselves humble before God, and indeed, that's how the culture saw them as well. Yet humble as they may have thought themselves before God, they were not about to be seen as lowly among each other, or especially with our Lord. Because that's why they invited our Lord to this feast, not to exalt Him, but to watch Him closely, to keep an eye on Him, to make sure that He, could, he would remain in a lowlier place than they themselves would sit. And you see what they do after they've invited him. They place a man with a physical ailment, a man with dropsy, right before him. So that if he should heal this man on the Sabbath, they could accuse him of breaking the Sabbath laws. And more than that, as this poor man with dropsy sat before them, they really didn't care about him. For them, this man was merely bait to trick Jesus. But otherwise, no one else even noticed this man. They didn't give him a time of day because they were all so busy wrestling and elbowing and pushing and shoving to get the most prestigious seats, the places of honor, so they may exalt themselves among their own. We see in this picture that our catechism is absolutely right. They hated this man with dropsy, just as they hated each other and wanted no one to be seen as better than themselves. Anyone who didn't get a place of honor would become full of envy. To get the place of honor, they, they were willing to be hostile, perhaps a little violent, cursing and slandering and railing against each other under their breath if they felt cheated. Again, before God, sure, they thought themselves humble, but before each other, they would use anything they could for honor, fame, and power to sit at the head so that they could, with pride, look at everybody else beneath them. 
In his catechism here, Luther captures not only the mood of this Sabbath dinner, but also of our world today, which continues to lead us into the temptation of pride. And it starts in our homes. All of us in our homes want to be top dog. For us husbands and fathers, we want to rule the home with power and might. We want everyone just to listen to our very word without ourselves thinking that we need to listen to the needs and wants of wife and children. For wives, the temptation is making the husband submit. submit. For the children, it's rather you wanting to be in charge, thinking the words of the parents mean nothing. In our social circles, we want to be the one admired above all. We want everyone to be jealous of us, of our large home, our car. We want to be the big shot. At work, we want the promotion, even if it means lying about our coworkers or doing whatever it is needed to jockey for the position. What about you of those in college? You know this well. What does it take to have the place of honor on campus? Is it posting that you're vaccinated on social media? Maybe posting your pronouns? Seeing how many people you can be in bed with for four years in college? Going along with whatever is politically correct for the day? All of those are places of honor on a college campus, aren't they? You see, the world from in our homes to our schools to our jobs, it tempts us into pride, which is an itch our flesh loves all too often to have scratched. In our world, where a whole month of the year is devoted to pride, should we be surprised? But then, this can also leak into the church and the congregation as well. Every Sunday we come in and confess that we are sinners before God. Indeed, we are. We humble ourselves before God in confession by standing for the gospel, kneeling at the rail. We think ourselves humble before God. But as we see our neighbor, do we think ourselves humble among him as well? We may not have a man with dropsy here, but do we ever think we are above someone who's sitting in the pews next to us? Maybe someone with a physical ailment or living in poverty, someone that's struggling or suffering. Do we consider how those in our communion need our help and are we willing to humble ourselves to help them, to love them? Or do we just ignore them while we are here and forget about them the moment we hear the absolution or receive at the rail? No one is willing to be the least. Everyone desires to sit at the head of the group and be seen before all. Such is the pride of our flesh in the home, at school, at work, even at church. And so we often think ourselves humble before God and proud among men. when We think that foolishly, as if it were possible. Yet that's not, if you look at the story, that's not how Christ is in this story. When you see Christ in this story, you will notice not an ounce of pride in him either before God or among men. For instance, how many people here would accept a dinner invitation from a sworn enemy? <coughs> but here Christ does just that. Yet even at this dinner party, the world still tempts Christ into pride as it does us. 
As the man with dropsy is placed before our Lord, there are many temptations for pride. He could have ignored the man and went to fight for the top place of honor. He could have scolded and rebuked the Pharisees for setting him up to break the Sabbath laws. He could have healed the man with dropsy and demanded attention and honor and glory for himself. But Christ does none of that. Instead, in all humility, Christ appeals to their consciences by asking them, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? He heals the man in his compassion, forgives the man, and then again appeals to their conscience, saying, which of you having a son or an ox that has fallen into a well on a Sabbath day will not immediately pull him out? Even though the hearts of the Pharisees hardened towards our Lord, still he appeals to their conscience and compassion and humility, not to rebuke in all pride. And it's not just that. But Christ doesn't use this miracle to gain anything for himself, not even a seat of honor. Instead, as he watched everyone else jockey for positions of grandeur, he tells a parable. He says, when you are invited by someone to a wedding feast, do not sit down in a place of honor, lest someone more distinguished than you be invited by him. And he who invited you both will come and say to you, give your place to this person, and then you will begin with shame to take the lowest place. <clears throat> but when you are invited, go and sit in the lowest place. So that when your host comes, he may say to you, friend, move up higher. Then you will be honored in the presence of all that sit at table with you. You must understand, Christ is not just giving social advice here. He's describing his own humility. No one is willing to be the least, is what our catechism says. No one except for Christ. Christ was willing to be the last when he became incarnate, becoming incarnate not, that, not as an earthly king with all this power, but as the son of a lowly virgin, being born into the least of places, into her arms, into the manger. Our Lord came to be among men, not to receive all the kingdoms of the earth from the hand of the devil. He rejected that. But he came to be counted among sinners as he was baptized by John the Baptist with sinners. Our Lord came to this dinner party of the Pharisees not to be seen in glory and prestige, but so he may heal this man with dropsy. And as he healed him, our Lord went to the lowest place. He didn't heal him as a trick, but he healed him by taking this man's dropsy, this man's sin, this man's death onto himself, just as our Lord does for you in baptism. He was baptized with us not so he could wield honor and fame and power above us, but so he could become least among us, because that's what he did. In baptism, he took your ailments, your sin, your death, and took them all into himself. He brought them to the cross and there sat in the lowest place in your stead. Being there nailed to the cross where he became more of a worm than a man. For your sake, our Lord took the lowest place on the cross, becoming sin for you. 
for the Pharisees, for the world, for our flesh, there can be no humility. Even as our Lord hung on the cross, there the Pharisees and men ridiculed and cursed and slandered our Lord in their haughtiness and pride. Even there at the cross, the Pharisees and our flesh jockey for position of power and pride over our Lord. Because no one is willing to be the least. Everyone desires to sit at the head of the group except Him who hung there for our sin. And so our Lord says, for everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Here on the cross, our Lord shows us the way of our salvation. As our Lord humbled himself to the point of death, even death upon a cross, three days later he was exalted, rising again. As our Lord humbled Himself, then the Father in heaven told Him to move up so that in the ascension our Lord sat at the right hand of the Father while angels and all the hosts of heaven exalt Him. Baptized, this is now your reality, your way. The way of the baptized is not the proud and haughty and vainglorious way of the world where we jockey for position among men. Because the truth is this. We are either humble before God and men or we are proud before both. It is impossible to be humble before one and proud among the other. And so the way of our baptism is this. It is to humble ourselves each and every day before our Lord in confession. Asking God always to forgive us and knowing we always need the salvation of Christ crucified as we live our lives. It is to humble ourselves each and every day among men. To see ourselves as the worst of sinners and not to think anyone is not deserving of our love or time or charity. Not to think that anyone is not deserving of Christ's forgiveness. Or at least beneath Christ's forgiveness. The way of baptism is a willingness to sit at the lowest place at the table. And it is to come to the altar every Sunday with that humility, knowing that regardless of how they see us out there, the Lord will forgive us and feed us with His very body and blood. For at the Lord's table, if we come humbly, we will be forgiven. And forgiven, we will be ready for when He returns again. And when He returns, our host will tell us then, friend, move up higher. When you are raised again with Him to enjoy the places of honor at the wedding feast of the Lamb, which has no end, that place of honor will never be taken from us. Amen. Now may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.
upon us. O Christ, have mercy upon us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. 
Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Let thy mouth be filled with thy praise, and with thy honor all the day. O Lord, hide thy face from my sins, and blot out all mine iniquities. Create in me, O God, a clean heart, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence, and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation, and uphold me with thy free spirit. Vouchsafe, O Lord, this day, to keep us without sin. O Lord, have mercy upon us, have mercy upon us. O Lord, let thy mercy be upon us, as our trust is in thee. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Let us pray. Lord, we implore you, grant your people grace to withstand the temptations of the devil and with pure hearts and minds to follow you, the only God. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Almighty and most merciful God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we give you thanks for all your goodness and tender mercies, especially for the gift of your dear Son and for the revelation of your will and grace. And we beseech you so to implant your word in us that in good and honest hearts we may keep it and bring forth the fruits of faith by patient continuance and well-doing. Most heartily we beseech you so to rule and govern your church Catholic with all her pastors and ministers, that we may be preserved in the pure doctrine of your saving word, whereby faith toward you may be strengthened, love and charity increased in us toward all mankind, and your kingdom extended. Send forth laborers into your harvest, and sustain those whom you have sent, that the word of reconciliation may be proclaimed to all people, and the gospel preached in all the world. Grant health and prosperity to all who are in authority, especially to Joseph, our President, the Congress of these United States, Kim, our Governor, the Legislature of this State, and to all our judges and magistrates, and endue them with grace to rule after your good pleasure, to the maintenance of righteousness, and to the hindrance and punishment of wickedness, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. May it please you also to turn the hearts of our enemies and adversaries, that they may cease their enmity and hostilities, and be inclined to walk with us in meekness and in peace. All who are in trouble, want, sickness, anguish of labor, peril of death, or any other adversity, especially those who are in suffering for your name's sake, comfort, O God, with your Holy Spirit that they may receive and acknowledge their afflictions as the manifestation of your fatherly will. 
Especially do we pray for those that we name in our hearts at this time. Although we have deserved your righteous wrath and manifold punishment, yet we entreat you, O most merciful Father, remember not the sins of our youth nor our many transgressions, but out of your unspeakable goodness, grace, and mercy, defend us from all harm and danger of body and soul. Preserve us from false and pernicious doctrine, from war and bloodshed, from plague and pestilence, from all calamity by fire and water, from hail and tempest, from failure of harvest and from famine, from anguish of heart and despair of your mercy, and from an evil death. And in every time of trouble, show yourself a very present help, the Savior of all men, and especially of them that believe. Cause all needed fruits of the earth to prosper, that we may enjoy them in due season. Give success to the Christian training of the young, to all lawful occupations on land, sea, and air, and to all pure arts and useful knowledge, and crown them with your blessing. Receive, O God, our bodies and souls and all our talents, together with the offerings we bring before you. For by his blood your Son has purchased us to be your own, that we may live under him in his kingdom. As we are strangers and pilgrims on earth, Help us by true faith and a godly life to prepare for the world to come, doing the work you have given us to do while it is day, before the night comes when no one can work. And when our last hour shall come, support us by your power and receive us into your everlasting kingdom. O Lord, our Heavenly Father, almighty and everlasting God, who has safely brought us to the beginning of this day, Defend us in the same with thy mighty power, and grant that this day we fall into no sin, neither run into any kind of danger, but that all our doings, being ordered by thy governance, may be righteous in thy sight. Through Jesus Christ, thy Son, our Lord, who liveth and reigneth with thee and the Holy Ghost, ever one God, world without end. Amen. We bless the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost. Praise Him and magnify Him forever. We give thanks unto Thee, Heavenly Father, through Jesus Christ, Thy dear Son, that Thou hast protected us through the night from all danger and harm. And we beseech Thee to preserve and keep us, this day also, from all sin and evil, and that in all our thoughts, words, and deeds we may serve and please Thee. Into Thy hands we commend our bodies and souls and all that is ours. Let thy holy angel have charge concerning us, that the wicked one have no power over us. Amen. Hear my prayer, O Lord, and let my cry come unto thee. Bless we the Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Thanks be to God. Alleluia, alleluia. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, and the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. tie that binds our hearts in Christian love, the fellowship of kindred minds is like to that above.
burdens bear and often for each other flows the sympathizing tear when here our pathways part we suffer bitter pain yet one in Christ and one in Through all eternity